every day. Every day. Every day. I will spend time with God. I will pray. I will pray. 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 I will pray. I will be holy. I will be holy. 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 I will be. I will be holy. I will fulfill God's purpose for me and my generation. My generation. My generation. I will fulfill God's purpose. God's purpose for my generation. For me and my generation. My generation. I will live the vow. One of the core questions that. Uh, every teenager deals with and then every college student deals with and realistically that I've found 20-somethings deal with and then 30-somethings deal with and 40-somethings and finally 50-somethings that you think only junior high and high school kids deal with or maybe little kids is this question of who am I? This question at the core of my being, who am I? What am I about? And I, I, all of us find in our culture that question being answered by others. So we have lots of voices that try to speak into our life. There's a, that question pervades our, our culture. And we find many in our culture finding their identity in, in lots of different things. We find a, a constant storyline in movies about what role do I play, who am I. We find people that ultimately find identity in so many different things. And as you watch movies, just the nature of watching that much uh, excitement, people jumping out of airplanes, people having certain relationships, whether you watch the news. Um, there's, there's so much in front of our eyes that it's easy for you and I, being a part of American culture, to see the starving longing for people to find who they are in so many things. We see it all the time in terms of story in front of us, and inevitably it becomes a question that we begin to ask. And realistically, we, we know that we find so many different people that find their identity uh, in, in many different things. You're around people that find identity in, their, in the money that they have or in the appearance, the way that they look. They find their identity in the fame that they possess or the, the relationships that they have. All of us know what it's like to be around people that are constantly name-dropping and finding some identity in who they know or who their family is or who they know, friends of friends, or all, all kinds of different things. Money, uh, stuff that they have, the car that they have, the car that they drive, who they dated, all kinds of different things. Who they want to date. I mean, uh, there's a whole source of different ways where people find identity. And it's, it's trying to, to get at this big question inside of us of who am I? At the core, my essence, and you can put your name in. Who is Ronnie Austin? Who is Dan? Who is Stefan? I mean, who, who, who are you? That, that question is a question that all of us are asking. It's not a question on if you're asking the question or not. The, the question is, how do you answer it? Because all of us ask that question. You can't live with, with just the barrage of entertainment and the, the, all the way that our culture is and not ask that question. I, I'm around it constantly. And I think it was, it's interesting because as I've gotten older, it hasn't gone away. You know, you see it on the playground with little kids and you see, you see even sociologically, you see kids start to group together and you got the jocks and you got the nerds you got the you know the the, the good looking kids or the or the drama kids and you got you know you got all, some of those different sex you know different ways that people gather people start to kind of find identity in who they are in that way based upon who they have common hobbies with and those things kind of just are a natural byproduct out of, at our core, this question, who am I? Out of our core, how do other people see me? 
Because how they see me often dictates how I see myself. What you say about me is probably true. What you say about me is how I probably come to see myself. And that really doesn't go away after the playground. I mean, you've experienced it when you were in high school. Truth is, some of you are experiencing it right now. Even in this context where there's a spiritual uh, environment where our aim and our ambition is to go deep into the word of God and to pray a lot and to choose righteousness and to live on mission for the cause of Christ. Unquestionably, some of you, even here, even, even in this furnace, you've got some people that are the jumpers and some people, you know, in worship and some people that are the screamers and some people that are on the fringe and some people that love the vow and some people that don't like the vow and, well, I'll do what I have to. And you, and, and, and you kind of, well, I'm, you know, I'm this person and I dress this way. And it's just, I'm not saying anything of the fact that it exists. I'm just stating the fact. It exists. It exists. This question, this search of who am I? But, but, but all of us have met the rare person that comes along. And rather than being defined or them seeing their life based upon how others view them and kind of being consumed with trying to up how they're perceived, all of us have seen the person who really, it does not matter what others think of them because they really have been trans, and here's the big point tonight, it's a one point talk, transformed in the image of Christ. They have been spent enough time allowing the reality of God declaring who they are to them that they are unmoved by what others think. And realistically, most of us have, have been around, maybe it's a 70-year-old. I, I, I know it to be true of some uh, very young people. I've, I've, met, I've met lots of people like this that I really feel like have gone deep in this reality. Uh, just over the years, I, I, I've met some that you just get around them. And, and really, words and statements that some people would take so deep and it would hurt them or they would be really thinking that way of me. It just like Teflon reflects off of some of these people because really at their core, they have really started to come to grips with being transformed in the image of Christ over time and viewing themselves the way that God sees them. And so tonight, I just want to take some time to ask the question, how do we become those kinds of people? I mean, at 21 years old, give or take a few years, you've got lots and lots and lots of years left to pursue God to take the gospel to the world, whichever part of the world, whichever capacity you do it. But it is so important and so, so vital that in these seasons, in this season that you're in the furnace, that you, that this, this idea of you finding your complete and whole identity in God takes deep root. It's one of the core things in this little short window of time that we desire for you over your life. And ultimately, Everybody ends up believing somebody's voice of who they are. They believe some voice. So, when you start to counsel someone, you'll find that some believe at their core what their parents said about them, good or bad. Some people will believe what their friends have thought of them. Some people will believe what their present tense uh, friends have, are, are saying about them. Some on the playground, some in high school, some in college. When you're my age, you know, it doesn't go away. 
People in their 30s are still finding major identity. It just looks different. Instead of who you're dating, it's who you're married to and how cool your minivan is. And, you know, it's, 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 just, it's, it's the same stuff. It just looks different. And so tonight, I want to talk about which voice are you going to believe? Which, because it ultimately comes down to faith when we start talking to the God talk. When we start talking about God speaking over your life, it ultimately comes down to a position of faith. So I want to talk about how you can become the person that isn't moved based upon what other people say, your critics or those that praise you and your fans or your friends, where you find complete fulfillment in how your father, your God sees you. But I want to not only talk about it, I, I want to talk about how do, we, how do we continue to be changed by it. How do we continue to grow in it? We find it in the Bible all the time. One of my favorites is in Matthew 16. Just say in 2 Corinthians 3 because we'll get there. But in Matthew 16, it's a great story because Jesus is talking to his disciples. And it says when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he came to his disciples and he said, All right, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And Jesus is about to embrace the cross. And they said, Well, you know, some say Elijah. You know, some say you're kind of like Jeremiah, one of the prophets. Others say you're kind of like your cousin John the Baptist. And, and Jesus is asking them the question, who do you say that I am? And then he looks at them and he asks the ultimately the most important question. It's the one that A.W. Tozer says is the, the way that you answer this question is the most important thing about you. He says, okay, well, what about you? Then who do you say that I am? And so we all know the story. Peter jumps up and he says, you're the Christ. You're the son of the living God. Right? And then Jesus looks back at him and said, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by men, but by my Father in heaven. And let me tell you who you are. And he looks back at him and he says, And you are a rock, and on this rock I'll build my church. Which is really interesting because a few verses later, Peter is like saying, you know, challenging Jesus and saying, Hey, you know, I got a few ideas, and Jesus calls him Satan. And that's kind of a scary moment. And then a little bit later, Peter doesn't look like a rock when he's cutting off the ear of a soldier trying to take Jesus out. And then Peter really doesn't look much like a rock when Peter's denying that he knows Jesus to servant girls. And yet, we find Jesus locking in with Peter. And when Peter says, all right, I'll say you're the Christ, you're the son of the living God. Then Jesus comes back and declares to him, let me tell you who you are. You're a rock. And so in that place, in the presence, right there, of declaring who God is, Peter starts to find out who he is. And that conversation is the way and the place where we, over time, not immediately, yes, there can be a down payment, a quick, I mean, reality encounter where you get it, you have the Holy Spirit encounter, you cry at the conference, the prayer meeting, woohoo, God, you can have those moments. But I'm talking, it takes year after year after year after year in the presence of God where we declare to Him who he is, and as we will call it worship, as we declare to him who he is, that's the thing that over time begins to allow the Holy Spirit then to speak back into us who we are because of God. As you worship, in the place of worship, God will begin to declare to you who you are. We find it in the scriptures. I, I, love, I love when the angel shows up to Gideon in Judges 6. And he declares something. Gideon looks pretty weak. And in Judges 6, the angel of the Lord appears to Gideon and says, You, O mighty warrior. We're talking about the guy who will not believe that God really wants to send him out 
to, to defeat the enemy and keep asking for fleeces because he doesn't believe it. And he calls him, uh, one version says, man of valor. And he's declaring it over him. In 1 Timothy 6, it's the same thing. Paul says it to young Timothy. He says, but you, oh, 1 Timothy 6, 11, he says, but you, oh man of God, pursue righteousness. And Paul, speaking to a young man, speaks over him who he is, man of God. But you, oh man of God, pursue righteousness. And all of us have been in the position where we have heard that as we come into the reality of being a Christ follower, as we understand God as our father, we, get, we take on a new identity. We've heard that since, I mean, how many of you have heard that before? All of us, right? Come on, people, are you with me? Are you sleeping? All right. We've all heard that. And the problem is not the information. I mean, lots of people have heard it. You're a son. You're the bride. You're a soldier. You're, you know, you're victorious. We're an army. All those things. What I have found is the, pro the problem is not the information. We've got the information. Here's the reality. The reality is most Christians don't take the time to put their heart in the presence of God, behold Him, and allow those truths to transform them. So they can articulate it with their tongue. I'm a son. Sure. Okay, great. Kind of got the don't annoy me face. Great. Give me something else, preacher. But it's not, the nature isn't information. Okay, yeah, I'm the bride of Christ. Oh, yeah, yeah, I've heard that one. You know, what is that? Ephesians 5 or something? Yeah, I've heard that one. No, 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 it's not the information. And you, you watch it because some people, you've seen the ones. You've seen the ones where their eyes sparkle, they light up, and when they talk about it, it's alive in their heart, and they talk about it, and it's very different than the person sitting next to them who looks annoyed, a little bit irritated, and like, oh, yeah, that's so elementary, and I'm so, I, I've known that since I was seven. And the difference is not the nature of one person coming to realize it and the other person's realized it for years. No, 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 no. The person who's realizing it afresh today is being transformed by beholding and it's, a, it's fresh and alive in their heart today. The nature is not the information. The nature is in the presence of God as we, and that's where we're going, 2 Corinthians 3, as we behold him, we are transformed we're renewed in the knowledge of God every day. And in order for those things to take root in your heart and to gradually, and I mean gradually, form your full identity, it takes time. It takes time beholding God, getting before God. And rather than you coming before him and going, oh yeah, I'm a son, I've already heard that. I hope the preacher can give me something new has nothing to do with the preacher because when the preacher talks, the preacher is connected with something that's already alive in your heart that you're excited that he's saying it because it's already alive inside of you. So the, the, realistically, when you behold, when you spend time, well, no, let me just read it. 2 Corinthians 3.17, now the Lord is the Spirit and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all, with unveiled faces, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being, here it is, as we behold, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. As you behold, you are transformed. 
And the idea that you're a son, you can be 65 years old, have been a, a Christ follower for 50 years, and look at your spouse and say, I'm a son. And it moves you because you beheld. We're not talking about, oh, identity in God. It's the elementary basic things of Christianity. No, the problem is, is it's the main thing of Christianity, and most of us lose it over time. I heard that sermon when I was 13. Give me something new. No. Deeper, deeper doctrine will not cause your heart to come alive. Beholding daily will cause your heart to come alive. Being able to explain the difference of the atonement and the difference between Christus Victor and substitutionary atonement and all those things, those things are fun, but those things are not the deep things that cause your heart to be stirred. The things that cause your heart to be stirred is your Bible open, you praying, you seeking God. God, I live in a war zone where everything around, in me, around, my, around me in my culture is causing me and telling me to find my identity in the money that I possess, the way that I look, how buff I am, how buff I'm not, how skinny I am, how skinny I'm not, how much zits are on my face, how much or not, how much hair I have or have not, how much money I do or don't have, how many girls like me or how many don't, if I'm a millionaire by the time I'm 50 or not, all those things are around you like crazy. And if you don't fight for your heart every day, behold, by being transformed, over time you'll find identity in those things just like everybody else. The problem is not the amount of information. The problem is the lack of beholding. We are transformed into his image we understand that we're sons only as much as we understand that he's the father. We understand that we're his bride only as much as we meditate and see the characteristics of the bridegroom. We understand that we are warriors in his army only to the degree that we see that he is the conquering king who will rule and reign forever and ever. You only find your identity as you declare to him who he is. And as you declare that to him over time, you will start to understand who you are. And if you do not be a part of the prayer meeting, if you do not spend time with God and you do not declare those things, over time you will find more and more identity by the car you drive, how many girls like you, how many friends you have, all those things. Just like everybody else, just like the world. The, the problem, the problem is not lack of information. The problem is, is that most Christians give up. Just like they give up on other things. They want to be a millionaire by the, at the time they're 30, and they give up. They wanted to be a model, but they give up. Wanted to be buff, but you gave up. I gave up on that one. But there's one that you can't give up on. You can't give up on, I want to know God. I want to be transformed into the image of Christ. And many we're honest. We know it. I'm not saying new information. We know this. Most people give up. Right? It's just too hard. It's just, it's just, it, it's too hard to come before God and fight against all, all of the cultural things. It's easy to just justify why I look like the world. And thank God for the cross and let's endure and maintain and marinate on earth until Jesus comes or I die. But it's miserable where he is right now. So much more is available to us. It's, at the end of the day, that's a miserable existence. But I've seen 80-year-olds that weep when you just say the name of Jesus. And it's not because it's new information. It's because
because they beheld and have been transformed. And their complete identity is in that name. Yes, I am a son. Yes, I am a bride. Yes, I am a part of his army. Yes, I'm going to rule and reign with him. Yes, all, everything of who I am is wrapped up in the one that I behold. And as you behold him, as you behold him, you are transformed. And as you are transformed, it's the nature of being transformed where you actually find identity. Where it's not a mythical um, metaphor to try to articulate a reality. Instead, as you look toward who Jesus was on the earth, who he is today, ruling and reigning in heaven, who he will be when he returns to the earth, you find your complete identity in him. You'll look at your marriage different. You'll look at your wealth or your lack of wealth different. You'll look at the car that you drive different. All, everything changes. Everything changes when, it's, when, we, when we find ourselves beholding him and finding who we are in him. So you want to know how to find your identity in Christ? I'm not talking about, you know, gritting your teeth and, you know, I do believe, I do believe, I do believe. I'm not talking about that. I am the son, I am the son. Oh, no, not that's, that's not it. I am a bride, I am, I'm a warrior. Oh, believe it. No, that's not it. Here's how you do it. Worship. Worship. You'll worship. You'll say, God, reveal yourself to me in your word. You watch. That muscle starts to get worked over time, you, you lose the longing to find identity in your parents. No doubt, we still live, I'm not saying we don't live, well, of course we live in a very real world. I'm not saying, I'm not saying that goes away. But the, the grip on your heart loosens. You still gotta, you know, you still gotta get the education and you gotta do money well and gotta you know, all those things still exist, but at the core, at the core, it's kind of like what Paul says when he says, you know, I've just, I've learned the secret of being content in all things. Why? Because Christ is all. Christ is all to me. I can regain my life. I can lose my life. You can cut off my head or you can leave it. If you leave it, well, I'm going to witness to the jailer and right to that crazy church in Corinth. You know, kill me, hey, I get to be with my maker. To live is, you know, to die is fine with me. Does that make sense? All of it, all of it is, I, I, Galatians 2.20 says this, I've been crucified with Christ, it's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. You will understand who you are in God, Christ in you, as you behold him, as you see your life based upon your proximity of closeness to the name Jesus. Does that make sense? And at the more that you see yourself in the finished work of Christ, the one that will rule and reign with him forever and ever, 
the one that he's the one that loves you and all the doctrines all the realities all those things not head knowledge but in beholding it goes to your heart and when it goes to your heart it transforms your heart and when it transforms your heart it affects the way that you see yourself and you see yourself differently you see yourself based upon truth and god rather than all the other voices and most of so many people's problem they're discouraged is because ultimately they define their life by what other people say someone friend a parent the way just themselves the way they see themselves because they've got so much deception and believed so many lies of the enemy the roaring lion who wants to deceive you they believe so many lies that even that's the way they operate they, they they just believe lies rather than believing truth but if you believe truth the truth of the gospel it will transform you it will change you and so you'll start to see yourself and to the rest of the world the rest of the world they can't get it the rest of the world they may not they, they, they won't see it you will be seen as all the all the crazy things paul says we're just we we just look like you know jokers we look like crazy people we look like the early christians that were willing to give their lives in a coliseum for an invisible god and people will see you but but that's that's that is the gospel welcome welcome to christianity welcome to the way that we live as you get into the presence of god and are transformed he will declare to you who you are and no matter what anybody else says My little three-year-old, Olivia, she tells people all the time, I'm my daddy's princess. You know why she says that? Because that's what I've declared to her. It doesn't matter what other people say, that's the way that she sees herself. And we go, oh, that's cute, and that's a three-year-old thing. All right, all right, let me tell you this. Infinitely more love than I possess for her, your father has for you. And infinitely, infinitely more, he declares to you, who you are and just like a three-year-old that says naively i'm a princess for us to believe in the gospel and live according to eternity rather than time we look like little children i am the beloved i'm a son i am his bride i am a part of his victorious army that's who i You will look crazy to the world because they will say you're nuts find your identity in your bank account your car your spouse your house mickey mouse just kidding but they'll say all those things and it is going against the culture and it is for it is not the information it's so wild to me it's so wild to me how so many people do the checklist heard that sermon heard that don't preach father heart don't preach on the bride don't preach victorious king because i know all those things and it's has nothing to do with is it in your head it's is it in your heart and the only and what i want to ask you tonight is refuse refuse to coast refuse to just say i got that next give me the next class give me the next sermon give me the next little nugget oh ah, puke no that if, that if that reality doesn't move your heart then get in the prayer room and behold then get alone 
can behold. It's in his presence that we find joy and that we're transformed by beholding. That's the place. That's what happens. That's where we find our identity. That's where our identity changes in God. It's so easy to coast. It's so easy to coast. It's so easy to coast because you can say, I know that. I know that big idea. The chief thing is not that it lives in your head, but that over time you're transformed. It changes in your heart. You want, you want the God of the ages who loves you and delights in you to declare to you in a renewed way day after day after day as you declare to him, you're king, you're awesome, you're holy, and you're true, and you're faithful, and you're good. And he leans over the balcony of heaven and says, and you are my warrior, O victorious water. You are a warrior, and you're like shaking like a leaf like Gideon, and he says, no, you're a victorious warrior. Oh, but God, I feel so weak now. You're a victorious warrior. And I see you as a spotless bride. No, but God, I am so weak. I see you as a spotless God, you're awesome. You're good. I see you, and I see you, you will find identity in him all about proximity and closeness to God. As you get close to him, he declares to you who you are. This is me. I'm you. Life's got my gift. Don't give up. Last point. Same point. So many people just give up. I don't want to behold. I don't want to open up my Bible. I don't want to worship. And they get a new sport, a new hobby, get addicted to the next season the television pilgrimage and they waste their evenings and they waste weekends and they waste their lives no 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 we want to be transformed every morning is precious every evening is precious every day is precious as we behold we are to don't don't just go let's go find the latest restaurant or the latest You will never step foot on every cool beach in the world. You will never be able to eat all the different ways they can use fish, steak, and chicken. You, like, all those things are a loss. It's just, it's, a, it's vain and loss compared to being transformed in his presence. That's what he wants to do. And I, and I know that sounds funny, but I'm just getting to the age where I'm old, and it goes from, from being the college kid thing where it's kind of young and crazy and wild and I want to do this, to the 30-something thing where it's just weird the way that houses and travel and prestige become the next round of vanity. It never ends. It, it, just, it just keeps going. And so I just want to encourage you, lock in today. Lock in now that you're going you're gonna to work that muscle, that you're going to be transformed in His presence. Refuse to coast. If you get that, then, then you can you can, you you can literally open up the scriptures and a verse in the Beatitudes that transforms you that you've read a million times brings tears to your eyes. And blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Isn't or or, or name a verse, a song, a moment that's a journey in God and you found yourself in Him and that is how you see your life, that's how you see yourself and the delight exists here. I've met prisoners in 
incarcerated, that when you talk to them about the Lord, they worship, they pray, they sing, they weep, they have life, and they're locked away in a prison, and their identity is Christ. You're around them, doesn't matter what the other prisoners say, doesn't matter what they've done in the past, they see themselves only be transformed to the degree that you behold. And if you behold, you'll find your identity more and more. Christ in you, the hope of glory. I am crucified with Christ. Therefore, me and all of my fleshly longings no longer live. Jesus Christ, my risen Lord. You've just heard one of the speakers from Desperation, a ministry of New Life Church in Colorado Springs. For more information on becoming a Desperation intern, attending one of our conferences, or joining the Desperation National Network for local churches, visit us at desperationonline.com.